Chapter 24 The door hissed open and Ursula entered. Walking fast, she went right over to the cabinet, reached in and very slightly adjusted one of the seven hanging censers, then turned to walk out again. Ursie, I said. She paused as if I jolted her, and looked right at me with those intense blue eyes of hers. Yes, what do you want? she said with an entirely dissociated voice. You're not to talk to him, Nate spoke up. Fuck you, she said right back. I talk with anyone I want. But Jacques, please just relax and enjoy this. We're set to perform one of the most important experiments in the history of science. Trust me, and participate as Nocalito. Ursi, come on, snap out of it, I shouted at her, standing up and taking two steps toward her before Nate was on his feet, pistol instantly in hand. Bernardo came walking fast into the room from down below. Enough, he said tersely. Jack, sit down. Think of your father. He'd have given anything to be present at this experiment. Ursi, go down and mastermind your computers. Nate, help me reposition the cabinet. Ursula fired one final hot glance at me, then turned and, without another word, hurried to the door. Bernardo and Nate rolled the big wooden cabinet around in front of us so we could all see the jade erection with its seven dangling metal censers. Then Bernardo sat again in his easy chair, keeping it in upright position. I was now back on the sofa besides Michael, with Mahi in the other upright easy chair. Wingster walked over to the outside door and made sure it was locked. He remained standing. And so let the fun begin, Bernardo intoned, and reached over to flip a switch in the cabinet. Several tiny interior spotlights came alive, focused brightly on the jade. It is my duty, Mai said quietly to her brother, to warn you that Abierta found that piece to be dangerous. She refused to open herself to its outflow. Ah, Abierta played games, he retorted. So did Alejandro. Speaking of which, I must thank you, Jack. I was wondering how to eliminate his presence. Father, please now, please me, begin the Nocalito induction. El Maestro slowly turned his head on the sofa and looked me squarely in the eyes. Are you willing? he asked. I looked to Mahi. She raised her left hand up to her chest and nodded with a slight smile. So, El Maestro said, like we did before, just a let your breathing your whole body begin to relax. You can close your eyes. Yes. Feel the air rushing in and out. And now expand your awareness to include the feelings in your feet, in your hands. We now call on the spirit of the ancients to awaken and fulfill the ancient intent. I felt myself 
floating, my mind quiet? No calito, I now speak to you directly. I ask you to prepare to re-emerge. You are now going to remember again who you truly are. You are the Ancient One. You are eternal. You are the true spiritual manifestation of the pure male force. No calito. Allow yourself to again fully embody your eternal presence. Hands suddenly clapped. No calito, he said in a commanding voice. No calito, breathe. Hands clapped again, and my eyes popped open. No calito, your presence is called upon here. We bow to you. I found myself staring intently at the brightly lit jade phallus in the cabinet. Then another male voice in the room was speaking. Mahi, focus your primal attention entirely upon the jade, and hold it there with zero intent, pure focus. Give me your word that you'll continue with this focus until we finish the ceremony. I give you my word, she said. Okay, I'm now communicating with Ursi through our inner system. She's turning on the sensors. I'll do my best to report what I experience as this unfolds. No calito, call upon the ancients to communicate with me. Yes, I now call upon them, I said in a deep voice I hardly recognized. From the corner of my eye I saw Bernardo sit more upright and close his eyes. As the two of you focus intently on the jade, he said, I shall do so also. We now actively form the eternal triangle. And as of this moment in time, I am choosing to open my mind, open my whole being, in order to receive information and empowerment from this ancient sacred source. Ah, yes, I feel connected. Yes, here comes the flow. Send it directly into my brain. Do it now. Glancing away from the jade to where Bernardo is sitting, with his eyes still closed, his expression is beginning to shift from commanding and confident to a bit surprised, and perhaps now slightly upset or afraid. As I glance back at the jade piece in the cabinet, I see a slight flickering, some inner radiance somehow lighting up the piece from deep within its stony innards. Right at that moment, I heard a gasp from El Maestro, and glancing his way, I saw him staring at his son. Bernardo's expression was changing again. He seemed emotionally overwhelmed, engulfed in awe and even perhaps ecstasy. My brain, he barely whispered, it feels so 
hot. I hear a thousand ringing bells, and now there's a deep, loud voice chanting words I don't recognize. Oh, now I feel a a blinding inflow of presence, of light. There's something alive. It's, it's coming right at me, coming down so fast and pushing, flowing, boiling hot right into me. Ah! I looked over to where that other sound had come from and saw the man by the door slumped down, sitting with his back against the door and his hands over his ears, his body swaying slightly back and forth. I looked back to Bernardo and found his eyes now wide open, staring off into blank space. The next things happened very fast. Mahi shouted, Ursi, turn it all off. Do you hear me? But it was too late. The jade piece had suddenly become red hot, almost on fire, glowing like crazy in the cabinet. The seven censers began to curl and melt and drop away as the jade erection began to morph, turning soft and melting into a thick, steaming turquoise liquid flowing down onto the bottom of the cabinet and then flowing on down into the thick wool rug, moving as if it was alive, a squirming snake. Then, just as it was slinking away, right before my eyes it disappeared in a blinding flash and was gone. I looked up and found both Nate and Bernardo slumped down. Nate's body twitching as he fell to one side and landed inert on the floor. Bernardo's eyes were still gaping. He looked like a living horror show. Mahi was on her feet, hurrying over to him. The door hissed open and Ursula came running into the room, grabbing Bernardo's head in her fingers, staring at him as his eyes stared into nothingness. Oh my God, she whispered. No, Michael said, still sitting where he was on the sofa. This has nothing to do with God, or perhaps everything. I just sat there. It had all happened so fast. Ursula finally spoke. They're both still alive, she said. Yes, from Mahi, but Abierta was right. I saw Bernardo's eyes finally blink several times. He gasped for air, and I heard Nate grunting on the floor. Bernardo sat suddenly upright, stared blankly at his sister, then his whole body shook violently. Fuck, he grumbled hoarsely. Fuck it all. Mahi stood upright, walked over to sit on the sofa between me and Michael. She stared for a long moment out over the blackness of the lake toward Caban. Abierta, she whispered. Bernardo cleared his throat loudly. Well then, that's that. So much for the goddamn ancients. At least my brain's still intact. 
He stood up and, without a word, walked on wobbly legs away from us and out of the room. Ursula quickly followed him. Nate was up on his feet again. Don't assume anything. There are multiple explanations. Ursi's equipment could have simply misfired or shorted. That's what I felt. A sudden electrical surge. And possibly, yes, that ancient hunk could have carried a death curse. Ursi can analyze the data. It remains possible that Ursula might have pre-programmed the implants to fry our brains. And there are other possible causes as well. Outside the big window, there was abject blackness. I was feeling nothing right then except incomprehension and a piercing headache. Nate, I said, you're the one. You can right now take charge of all this before someone gets really hurt or killed. Are you clear-headed enough to act? Lucid, he responded. Definitely no damage done. But look! He was standing rigid, pointing at the floor in front of the cabinet. There was the jade phallus, not melted at all, and entirely not disappeared. It was lying abject on its side like a toppled Easter Island sculpture. No, from Mahi. I clearly saw it disappear. Me too, I tuned in. It was absolutely gone. No, don't touch it. Too late. She'd moved quickly, souping it up from the rug and placing it on the coffee table. It's not even hot, she said. It was glowing red-hot before. The door hissed open and Bernardo came walking in fast, saw what we were looking at, and hurried over to it. I was fairly sure he hadn't been watching when it had melted and disappeared. This must now be destroyed, he said. We are done with it. It's bad medicine. Fuck all that old shit. Nate, come outside with me a moment. Both men walked out through the back door and closed it behind them. I caught a glimpse of the armed guard outside the door. Right now we must do something fast, I said to Mahi and Michael. But at that same moment, Ursula walked in through the sliding door from down below. What the fuck, I reacted, seeing the pistol in her hand. Not you two. Sit down, she ordered. I will abide zero resistance. We are now moving forward with plans. You two, she said, indicating me and Mahi, are to go back to the hot springs immediately. We have no further use for you, and I will tolerate zero disruption of my schedule. The outside back door opened, and in walked Nate and Bernardo. You told them, he asked Ursi. Yes. And regarding the jade, Bernardo said, you take it with you, sis. Nate will stop for you to throw it into the lake way far out. Fucking thing tried to kill me. How do you feel? Mahi asked him. I don't know yet, but I'm not going to let that thing interrupt my broadcast at midnight. Tonight is the night. Ursi, 
Take my dearly beloved father downstairs. Lock him in his room. We have no time to waste. I say goodbye to you, sis, until after the local transformation. Then let's have a big party at the hot springs to celebrate the liberation of our lake from the ancient curse of the fear-based amygdala. Yes! Nate had his pistol in hand. Grab that thing, he told Mahi. Let's get down to the boat. No, I said. No, this has gone too far. I glanced to Mahi. I know, I said to her. You want to let spirit act, but this is where it's got us. They're going to have to shoot me. Otherwise, this is the end of this whole sick situation. Then so be it, Bernardo said with zero emotion. Step outside with Nate, and he'll perform your requested coup de gras. That's a simple solution. You're not man enough for my sister anyway. You should have escaped yesterday when you had the chance. Now out with you. No, Mahi muttered in a low, strong voice. We'll do what you say, brother. We'll go back over to the hot springs now, and we'll throw this into the lake on our way. I will not have Juan shot over this or anything, and I realize you'd actually do it. I can only hope your brain is beginning to feel the touch of the jade. Bullshit to all that, from Bernardo. Nate, get them in the boat. Kill them if they make any moves. Ursi, take Mike downstairs. When you're back, we'll start the preliminaries. I insist, Mahi said hotly at her brother, that El Maestro come with us. Absolutely not, he retorted. He's our insurance policy. If you make any move tonight from over there, rest assured your dearly beloved father is dead meat. But please, all of us, let's ease up and look on the bright side. Go relax in the hot springs. Await the eternal moment when your minds mutate. This is all going to end well. You'll see for yourselves. You'll experience it from the inside, at the stroke of midnight. The sudden sense of relief. The long-awaited mental calm. The inner peace that comes as the blessed touch of our rising tech god penetrates deep into all of your pitiful souls. And thus it came to be that Mahi and I found ourselves sitting that same evening with our butts heavy on the middle wooden seat of Bernardo's transport boat. In the luminous brightness of the moon, the boat motored through brisk gusts of chilled night air, the outboard engine droning steadily onward. My mind was a muddle. I had no sense of future right then. Clouds whipped fairly low overhead, blowing from the south and periodically blocking the moon. Wingster was standing at the wheel five feet in front of us. My left wrist was handcuffed to Mahi and my right wrist cuffed to a metal handle of the boat. Mahi was holding the jade phallus upright in her lap. Jack Listen to my words, she said with zero drama over the roar of the engine. 
It's essential to now let go. Put aside the past, the future. Surrender to whatever chooses to emerge now. I feel something. She looked away, off to Caban's looming presence down south. I still had a splitting headache, courtesy of Kimado back in the cave. But as I stared at Mahi's silhouette, the moonlight made her look godlike, her short-cut hair rustling in the stiff breeze blowing against our faces. She looked so strikingly beautiful to me, even in the crazy, ugly situation we were caught up in. As if tuning into my feelings, she turned to me, leaned and kissed my tense lips. And at that same moment, the engine seized its steady vibration, coughing itself into silence. Waves slapped hard at the aluminum hull as the boat floated to a drifting standstill about a mile off from shore. Okay, Wingster shouted over the rush of the wind. Throw that damn thing overboard and be done with it. Mahi remained passive, turning her head to look out over the moonlit water to where Caban was towering over the whole world. In her lap, I could see her fingers gripping the jade piece tightly. My mind flashed to the moment I saw her grab that thing way back at the museum. Wingster remained silent, not moving, just watching her intently. The moonlight seemed to be vibrating its own energy into the jade piece, as she now raised it up over her head with her free hand and shouted as loud as she could, I call upon you, Abierta. It's time for newness, for us all. A la nueva. And with a loud, long animal grunt, she threw the ceremonial phallus with all her remaining strength, far up and out and into the night sky. The moon glinted on its smooth curves. Then the surface of the water exploded with a sharp splash, as the lake once again opened and swallowed the piece, and it was gone. Just as Mahi turned her head and looked to me, a sudden vicious squall came rushing over the boat from the direction of Santiago Atitlan. Something in the sound or scent or touch of the squall made Mahalena straighten her spine, lift her head, and come suddenly alert, looking around her like an animal, sensing a message carried upon the unseen scent of the night air. She turned and looked directly into my eyes. No calito mio, she half shouted over the roar of the wind. Focus now, be aware, there is no death here, only love. Wingster barked at her. Your whole outworn hippie trip is so full of bull, he growled. You don't even know when you should be shitting in your pants. The squall was now moving right over us. The first touch of rain hit my face, and through the blur of my eyes, I saw that Wingster had his pistol aimed directly at me. So sorry to notify you of a slight change of plans, he shouted loudly at us. But this is the end of the story for both of you. 
Firm order from the boss man. Zero negotiation. Down you go. Shit happens. This can be easy for you or hard. The easy way is for you to take that wire, run it through one of those cinder bricks, tie it to your ankle, then I take off the cuffs and both of you just take a quick jump overboard and in no time at all, you'll find yourselves painlessly gone. Otherwise, I'm going to promptly shoot you both in the head and do the tying myself. Your choice. I reacted violently to his words, jumping up just as the wind gusted again and rocked the boat with the big waves slapping hard against the hull. Wingster made a fast move with his pistol and hit me hard on my forehead, knocking me back down. Stop, Mahi shouted. I'll do the wire. And as Nate watched her, she took the wire and proceeded to tie her ankle to the brick. Momentarily, the wind dropped down and the rain subsided a bit. I'll remove that handcuff from the boat, Nate shouted at us, and you two can be real romantics and throw the brick over and go down together. Otherwise, it's my job to blow your brains out and do the throwing for you. Blood was running down into my right eye from my forehead cut, mixing with the rain. I always knew the CIA was up to this kind of thing, I shouted at Wingster. Wrong again, Nate shouted at us. Nobody has a clue what I'm up to here. Bernardo and me, we got the whole world tight by the balls. And now I need to get back before midnight. Are you two taking the plunge, or shall I blast you? Another intense gust of wind and rain hit the boat. Wingster had to shuffle to keep his standing balance. But wait, I said at him, wondering how long it would take to get the wire off Mahi's ankle if we went overboard alive. Isn't the broadcast going to zap your brain too? Get serious, he said. I'm no fool. Now are you going over? I glanced to Mahi, and her wild, piercing eyes jolted me suddenly into that particular energetic no-kalito mind state. But I was feeling too befuddled, entirely lost. All right, Wingster was shouting now, keeping his distance as he used a key to unlock the handcuff anchoring my body to the boat. I give you both five seconds to stand up, take your brick in hand, and jump overboard. Bernardo's show must go on. A nasty wind slapped my face and rocked the boat. Nate struggled to stay standing. My body shifted, and exactly at that same instant, Mahi made her own move. Our bodies lurched in perfect sync strongly to the left, and the boat rocked sharply in reaction to our sudden shifted weight. Just for a second, Wingster lost his balance as Mahi reached down for the brick. Handcuffed to her, I moved in unison down with her, and then with a strong flash of action, she lifted and threw the brick right into Nate's face. His pistol fell and discharged, and the bullet went zapping off into the night. I saw blood spurting from his left eye as he lost his balance. Mahi and I both lurched and gave him a hard push, 
and over he went. For just a moment, bright moonlight illuminated the surface of the lake. I thought I saw him thrashing around frantically. Then the moonlight was gone, and so was Nate.